Thought Bubble Audio. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who is vengeance. It's Frank. How are you today? Hey, hey! I am so excited to talk about The Batman. That was oh, such a good animated series back in the early 2000s. I can't wait. Oh, let's talk about it. You're funny, Frank. You're so <laughs> funny. You're so witty. I'll, jokes on you. I started rewatching The Batman, the animated series from nice. the 2000s um, because I was like, why not? Let's watch something else that's The Batman related. Sure, sure, sure. And uh, I've been enjoying the heck out of it. It's so fun. Nice. Clearly, every episode is designed with what toy can he be sure. this week? Sure, sure, sure. Like, First week, he's regular Batman. Second week, he's semi-regular Batman. Then he's got a mech suit. Then he's got a snow suit. Then he's got wings. Then he's got a different pair of wings. And it just kind of keeps going like that. But ignoring the fact that it was, you know, they're, they they got to make toys to make the monies. The show was real fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But no, we're not talking about that, the Batman, today. No, we are talking about the other, the, the Batman. Um, and uh, the one directed by... Uh, um, Matt Reeves. Oh my God, Reed, Matt Reeves. I was going to say George Reeves, and I was like, no. <laughs> "Got him." Yeah. Um, so, uh, directed by Matt Reeves, starring uh, Robert Pattinson. But before we do that, Frank, could you please tell me what you're drinking? Oh, I'd be happy to. I am enjoying a Stoneface Imperial Red Rye. Stoneface Brewing is uh, the closest brewery to my home. It's about ten minutes away, and uh, just down the highway, and uh, it. Uh, this Imperial Red Rye, I picked up a four pack of this the last time that I visited their tap room. Um, and, uh, oh man, I'm, I'm loving it. It's this really nice rye, uh, ale that like such a, uh, it's a nice, it's a nice blend of like a winter beer and like peaking at springtime beer. It kind of bridges the seasons in a way it's 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 got that hardiness that's like for new hampshire winters but it's still got that nice light flavor that i think i'll I'll still be enjoying this into the spring so yeah i like it i like that too i weirdly also have a um winter to spring beer oh like that's it's kind of how i chose mine too so i picked up a sam adams variety pack Mm -hmm. um because their new variety pack had a bunch of different beer that i had not tried from them before um and uh and so i am drinking their alpine lager have you had the alpine no i don't know exactly this was new and so it basically i mean it's a it's it's a brisk, slightly dry lager, um, and it's got a it's it's not a flavor necessarily, but it's basically a pine tree. 
Like Ooh. that's like the best way I can describe it. If beer was a pine tree, and not the way that like gin is. A I was gonna say, is it like a gin no. and tonic, like like that, or like? No, it's def. I just it's got a, like a. It just has an essence, essence of pine cone. Nice. I don't know what to tell you. Oh. Um, like that. Yeah, and I, I like I can't recommend it enough. It, it was like it was really good. I was so surprised by how much I liked it. Nice because I I picked it up because there was some there was some porch rocker in, of course you know, the variety pack of so, course you of know course. And I said might as well try some new ones. There's you know the um, there's uh, Sam Adams Goat um, G O A T um, and some other ones. But I was like I want to try I'll try I'll start with the Alpine. It's got a nice green label almost like um saint patty's day green nice nice um yeah and I've, i really i've been really enjoying it so uh yeah trying the alpine it feels a little basic to be like i'm drinking a sam adams but you know what i don't care hey it's a seasonal it's a seasonal it's that's a, exactly yeah. yeah exactly sometimes uh a new thing <laughs> sometimes a new thing from uh an old constant is a good thing, Frank. You know mm, what I mean? I like do. A variety of something, a, a variety of an old standard. Sure. Or a, um, a product that has been around for a long time with a slight twist to it. That's good to have. Much like the Batman. Nice. Much like this podcast. A new, a yeah, new yeah. product <laughs> from the old guys that you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These mid-30 white guys who podcast mm. like everybody else. Like everybody else. Everybody else in America. Yep. Oh. Uh, we were doing it at first, probably not. Anyway, um, yeah. So we kind of did get in on the ground floor of podcasting. If you think about going all the way back to Dollhouse, I was gonna say, yeah, like even before Beer with Geeks, uh, I've I just crossed my fifteenth fifteenth anniversary of podcasting. Wow, a few months back. That's crazy. Fifteen years. That's crazy. Yeah, fifteen years of podcasting. Coming up on sixteen. Yep. What have you learned in that time? Uh, I have learned to uh, keep it tight and to uh, and that and that uh, personality goes a long way. And and that's why uh, we do this show together, because you have the personality and uh, I am here also. <laughs> I was going to say in your tight <laughs> and i keep it tight <laughs> yeah um well now that we've uh now that we've gotten to um brevity as the soul of wit yes um let us um let us carry on with our review of the batman now frank you're wearing a superman t-shirt so is that indicative of how you <laughs> felt about this movie no that's actually purely coincidental uh just oh, okay, woke up great. and and chose superman this morning but uh no i enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, it was not perfect, but I really, really liked it. I thought it was a beautiful looking film. I thought it was there were some incredible performances with Pattinson uh, from Colin Farrell, who just disappeared into his role from Zoe Kravitz. Um, I thought some of the relationships I really, really liked the Gordon Batman relationship. I really enjoyed. Um, and, and there was just some amazing uh, the music was great. Like there were so many things to enjoy about this movie. Um, some of the pacing slash storytelling decisions I questioned a little bit. We can get into the specifics of that in a bit, but I give it like a a, a good four out of five. That's great. I, I think it's the most I've enjoyed. I told you it's the most I've enjoyed a Batman movie since The Dark Knight. And that's that's high praise. Yeah, I think, because they, because that means that the four times Batman has three or four times Batman has appeared on screen. 
since since the Dark Knight, you had Dark Knight Rises, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, Justice League again, um, <laughs> sure. and his little quick appearance in the Suicide uh, quick appearance in Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually quite a bit of Batman and Dark Knight Rises um, in there too. Did I said, did I not say Dark Knight Rises? Oh, um, I meant maybe I said it. In sure, my head. but yeah. Um, like, so, but yeah, but that's like that's a lot of Batman in between yeah. 2008 and 2022. God, yeah, for 2008. Sure. I know that was a lot. Yeah. How old are we? Right? Like, oh my gosh! I saw that movie anyway. at midnight. I saw a midnight screening of yeah, that, and this oh one I saw at a matinee. Did you <laughs> that's didn't fall asleep. I know. It. I had to see this one at matinee. I was like, if I tried to go at midnight, I would definitely fall asleep. I uh, would not have made it, but I'm I mean, I'm, I question making it. Like when a movie starts at seven, I'm like, I don't know. I know, right? It's pushing it. Seven o'clock. I wanted to be in bed by nine, but right, I know. Well, if the seats don't recline, sure, I'm fine. It's sure. the reclining that does me in. Too comfy. Yeah, it doesn't it's too comfy. Um, but anyway, uh, I also very much enjoyed this movie. I had the pleasure of seeing it twice. Nice. Um, and so I had, um, I saw uh, the the fan release. Um, on the uh, like the fan event, which was the Tuesday before the release um, on IMAX, and so uh, I was in the second row in the corner, which is not a great mm-hmm. view for IMAX. But and uh, when I had got the ticket, the whole theater was sold out, and uh, the movie theater is still spacing people. So like, if you like buy three rows or buy three seats, then they'll like add a seat in between you and the next person, which I think is great, uh, which I was, uh, which I love very much. But, um, the, there were a bunch of seats behind me just in the, the, the next row that nobody showed up for. So I waited about 20 minutes into the movie and then I just moved back a row. Nice. Um, and I was like, Oh, this is much better. I makes a difference. Everything. This is wonderful. Um, and in that first viewing, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the movie. I was like, "This is it's a strong entry into the Batman franchise in any of its form." The second time I saw the movie, I was like, "This is the strongest entry into the Batman franchise, um, or pretty darn close to it." Ever? I think that. Yeah. I wow. Think that second. Yeah, I think that second viewing is really what tipped it for me. Part of that is because you always go into a superhero movie slightly hyped. Um, and so you're like just a little bit, or you go in on edge because you're like, well, right. how, how are you going to, you know, destroy this character that I love mm-hmm. this week? Um, and so, um, and I didn't feel that going into, uh, the Batman, I was hyped for it. I, you know, a fan of Reeves, um, since the plan, his Planet of the Apes trilogy, um, which I adore. Um, I've been on board for Robert Pattinson since he was cast, um, and pretty much everybody else who was cast in the movie. So like, I've like everything, like Jaquino's score, like mm-hmm. when he came in on scoring it, and I was like, I love all of these people and I love how they've been and I love how they're being utilized and everything that they're saying about this movie. So I assume that it'll be good. And I was right. I walked away. I was like, that was good. Nice. Um, and so when it was really, it was that second viewing that really, um, sold it for me. So, uh, that's the non-spoiler version of everything. If you want to just talk, let's talk the movie and we'll just, uh, no holds bar on, on its plot and everything. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, stop now because we're dog spoilers. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, right away, I'm going to say there's really nothing in this movie that surprised me. Sure. And I think that's, I think that's maybe what, when that first viewing, I was like, that was good as a fan. I saw all of that coming, mm. I think. Um, you know, like the big reveal, like, you know, when Selena's like, because he's my father. Uh-huh. You know, when Falcone is the father. I'm like, yeah, that's because he is. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was, and the, uh, 
the movie, the times that I saw the movie, I was clearly sitting in two theaters full of fans. Okay. Because everybody was like, mm-hmm. no big gasps, no big like. Yeah, there yeah. was no, oh my goodness, right. no. I think the way that the movie plays it, knowing that information ahead of time, I like played it, I was like, it is really ambiguous the way they talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Like, are, what kind of relationship do they have? Um, but when you have the inside track, like, I'm not surprised. So, sure. But what I, I, what I actually think as a comic fan, what I, I love that I was not surprised by this movie. Okay. Because, because to me, I walked away going, those were all the characters I loved, taking influence from the stories that I love, mm-hmm. and you didn't mess with it. Yeah. Like, you gave me a Batman story where I'm proud to be a Batman fan. It felt like a Batman. It felt like a Batman story. It felt like it felt like a comic book for, I, I would say, at least to me, like, for at least, like, two a good two-thirds of it, I was, like, totally like this. I feel like I am reading a Batman graphic novel. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, let's just talk about, let's just talk about Robert Pattinson kind yes. of off the bat, um, uh, <laughs> off the bat, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, intentional, not intentional. Um, he starts the movie right away with his black case book narrating the thing. And I'm like, this is what I wanted. This is all I've ever wanted. And so I feel like as, again, as a comic fan, I'm like a little colored by, like it's representation of everything because I'm like you're giving me the goods, the stuff that I really never thought that I would see on screen. Detective Batman, um, you know, right? Like journaling, you know, yeah. narrating his narrating his time, like building his stuff himself. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know that all that to me is like, oh, thank goodness, I finally that's what I've been waiting for. Yeah, that's literally what I've been waiting for. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? I, I I agree. I I was more than anything. I was happy to see Detective Batman in a movie, right? Like because I feel like it's it's most often sort of action hero Batman, and there was plenty of that. But to actually have him be an honest to goodness detective, uh, working with the police um, and trying to crack a case, it felt very long Halloween. In fact, when the movie started, just for context, I didn't I didn't watch the actual trailers. I caught a couple of TV spots, but again, Mm -hmm. this thing I've been doing for the last year or two where I'm just like not intentionally going out of my way to watch anything. If I catch it, I catch it, but I'm not trying to see anything before these movies come out. And I, so I didn't really have any context. I didn't really know. Has he been Batman forever? Are we going to see an origin story? I didn't know any of that. And when it saw, I saw it started on October 31st. I was like, are we going long Halloween? Is this going to be like a low key adaptation of long Halloween? Obviously it wasn't what happened exactly, but, um, but it drew inspiration from all sorts of of classic stories mm-hmm. from Dark Knight, uh, from uh, Dark Knight Returns to Long Halloween to Hush to you know all, all sorts of, of stories. Um, so I, I I really really No Man's Land too. Um, I, I enjoyed um, I, I enjoyed his performance a lot more more than I thought. I was a little bit I was skeptical when he was cast, um, and I was happy to to be to have those fears uh set aside like pretty much immediately as soon as the movie started yeah i think robert pattinson i mean maybe like maybe a more general audience will come to realize that he's more than twilight yeah because he's made a lot of really interesting choices worked with really cool unusual directors um for the past 10 years and so i feel like this part kind of kind of culminated that experience i agree i agree Uh, yeah. yeah um and so I was, I was really pleased by his performance. I think he spends more time in bat, as Batman than any other Batman previous to him, for sure. Like, um, and I, 
I like that you talked about him working with the police, and I like that there's there's this uh, uneasiness, and you, you see that in one of the, um, I think it's Martinez, uh, in one of the, the police officers, where the first, like he's like, whoa, 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 were you going to let him in? Yeah, All yeah. the way to the end where he's like helping him like, unroll the the rug in yep. the Riddler's apartment and all that stuff like that's a real transformation he's like he is in a way like he's supposed to be the everyman of Gotham right because it's if if he's going from Batman's going from uh vigilante to vigilante menace or some way or being mm-hmm. being scared of him to inspiring people then um I like that I like that I like that yeah I like him as a stand-in for Gotham uh that that officer is standing for for all of Gotham and I like that yeah that the Batman character had, he had an arc where like he started out being like fear is the, is my weapon. And at the end he, he landed in a place where he was like, no, in, inspiring people is what I'm, I'm, I'm here to do. Right. Well, what I actually really liked about that is that that's not really something we've seen in a Batman movie. before. It's not like Batman is not, not all of them. I, I wouldn't say it's all of them. Like, um, maybe, Michael Keaton, not really. Yeah. It's really un- like in some ways it's unstated. Like, yes, his parents were, have been, have been murdered, but that's like it. And Val Kilmer and George Clooney don't really like concern themselves with, with these things. And like, especially Val Kilmer is very ready to be like, I'm, I'm good to not be Batman anymore. Right. And, and actually, and, and Christian Bale is like, like he, like he works so hard to become Batman and Batman begins. And then, the next two movies, he's like, I'm good not being bad. Yeah, anymore. yeah, yeah. And you're like, okay, that's not really the point, but I'm going to go with it because it's as good as we got. Right, It's as right. good as we can do. Um, and so, but what I, the, that inspirational part of being a hero, it's not really something that Christian Bale's Batman gets until the very uh-huh. end of Rises. Uh-huh, right. Right, right? that's not, it's, and so like we're starting Batman yes. as that here, and I, I, I like that very much, this, um, you know, I'm vengeance to, I'm inspiration, and uh, right. this is, uh, he like actually transforms himself out of a tragic hero into a regular hero, because the tragic hero is like out for themselves in a lot of ways, right? They a lot of people talk about Batman as Hamlet and like Hamlet is ultimately only concerned with revenge against his uncle, right? Yes. He doesn't care about um anyone's feelings but his own and he does not really care about the place that he lives. Like Prince Hamlet of Denmark is like trying to kill the king of Denmark while another country is ready to invade them and he doesn't really care about any of that. Mm. He cares about his revenge for himself and that's in a lot of ways what so many interpretations of batman on screen have been it's like it's like not always about the city it's about themselves um and this one is literally like okay no that's not right i can't do that i have to be more than that and i think that what i really liked about the batman is that so much goes unsaid there's a lot of subtext in this movie um like so like this whole movie, every action that he does is for the mayor's son. Every single thing he does is to save that little boy, right? Because it starts off the first person on screen that we see is that little boy in his little ninja costume at the beginning, right? Um, and so and he's the one that finds his, his dad has been murdered and Batman shows up and they make eye contact, eye contact across the room, right? And then Bruce sees him, makes eye contact with him at the memorial service. Mm. Um, and 
like and before that so like he's got these contact lenses which was a great way to do bat cowl lenses i loved the contact lenses um so like he leaves that image on the computer for alfred to see doesn't talk about it doesn't say anything but alfred gets it he's like that's me that's me all over again Mm -hmm. i'm batman to stop this kind of thing from happening and it happened again yep so I'm like all this other stuff about the corruption in the city, the Riddler and his targets and this. It's about saving that little boy. Yeah. About justice for that little kid who like who lost his father, even if his father was corrupt. That, that That's not important to Batman because the kid is not. Um, and so but then that all culminates right at the end where everybody is afraid to have Batman be near them. Right. So like when Batman beats up those like skull, ga- the skull gang people. In the beginning of the movie, right? And that guy that he saves is like, don't hurt me. He's not saying, thank you. He says, don't hurt me, right? Like you said, it's all fear. But it's the kid at the end of the movie that grabs Batman's hand first. Yes. That's where we, that is the thing. There's a great symbolic baptismal moment in this movie where the floodwaters have come into Gotham Square Garden and like everybody's going to get electrocuted or whatever. So Batman jumps off, takes the Batarang out. And deliberately chooses to slice it and fall into the water. And he, like, literally and figuratively reemerges, reborn as Batman the hero instead of Batman the vengeance. You know, I didn't think of it as, a, as like, I didn't think of it in terms of the baptismal uh, uh, imagery there. But I like that. I like that very, very yeah. much. That's really, really cool. I, I did definitely like the, the, the little boy being the first one to trust him and the first one to sort of see him for who he now wants to be. Like, okay, you're no longer a symbol of fear. You're a symbol of hope. Um, that kid being the first one to do it was very impactful. Uh, I thought because yeah, just because of how many times throughout the film, every time Batman saw him, he locked in on him, right? For all the reasons you said. Um, yep. So I thought that that moment where they connected at the end of the movie was really, really meaningful. Yeah, that is actually that relationship, that unsaid relationship he has with that kid. To me, indicate like that to me indicates like this is a Batman I could conceive having a Robin, like because it's about make it like protect like it's taking it to the next step like this kid like it's basically passing it along like it's the legacy of like saving people and like in carrying that through that like i i don't know if that's the intention or not reeves has been like he's like yeah well maybe you know so like we're not i'm not sure yet so um um but i I could definitely see this batman having a robin because of like it's all about it's all about that kid, which I think is also wonderfully juxtaposed against the Riddler, who's an orphan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and is like is terrorizing Gotham because he's he he has felt that the city has never bothered to save him, right? Yep. That the city, like the the people who run the city, the city officials were only ever out for themselves and never for those who actually needed help, and so he's doing it in um. He's just a he's just a reflection of Batman in a different way, right? They talk about like orphans, the two of them being you know like Bruce Wayne and yes. and and Edward being orphans, and just, but it's not the same, yeah. to him. They're orphans who chose different paths, right? They both chose paths to, of of fear, uh, at least at the beginning, uh, to mm-hmm. to to influence by fear. Um, but but Edward chose fear and and terrorism. Um, and Batman chose, uh, chose fear and, and trying to stomp out 
the criminals specifically. Um, whereas Edward feels that the whole city is the, the is corrupt to the core. It's rotten to the core, and we need to blow the whole thing up and start over again. Right. Well, they've never. Re- neither of them have really ever left their childlike states. Either. Yeah, that's a huge part. You know, like Batman's basically frozen in time, and you know, with this relationship with the mayor's son, that's kind of you know the, that that's what he's working towards. But you, Riddler's theme, um, you know, his leitmotif that you know that that thing that keeps cropping it, up it, all over the place. It was a minor key, Ave Maria. Ave Maria, right? And so, which is great because. If you watch the video of Thomas Wayne's announcement that the choir is at, they're singing the Ave Maria. Yes. So for both of them, that day, that time, that moment, that's the time they were both born. Yes. And they it's were pivotal. both trapped. Yeah. So they're on the same trajectory. Like, you know, one's just slightly behind the other, right, as as orphans, but then they they like you said, they veer off in different paths. But that those paths that they take are different also because of the city itself mm-hmm. and what the city and like the way that Bruce the privilege that Bruce grew up with yeah. versus the non privilege that that um that Edward didn't all because of all because of the renewal fund, right? This like mm-hmm. thing that was supposed to be so great for the city if Thomas Wayne wasn't murdered. Um and then it was just used to funnel money for like corrupt people getting more corrupt and right. the rich getting richer and uh it's just it's just thematically really um it's just thematically really strong mm. from start to from start to finish and all of that goes unsaid which is why i think i appreciated the movie so much on the, on the second viewing because you get some of it but when you see that plus all the pieces of the mystery come and form into place like like it's it's not like I don't want to call it intellectual because it makes it sound a little more hoity-toity than it really is. It's sure. still a Batman movie and it's still fun and all these things, but it's it it does not bother to explain things to you. Um, yes, there there, in, in there a is a layer that, of of nuance yeah. and subtlety. Yeah, exactly, which merits repeat viewings. Yes, that um, makes sense to me. I I think that there is. Um, I could I got that even on my first viewing. I got the sense that this is the kind of thing you could watch a couple times and and still be taking soaking in more things, more layers as as you go. Yeah. Um for sure. What did you think of um wh- what did you think of I-, I was just blown away by Colin Farrell's uh penguin. I loved it. I I, loved he completely so transformed like I would have had no idea that that was him. If I if I didn't go in knowing, I would have been like, oh, who who was that? Who played who played Penguin? Like I agree. Yeah, there's a couple of moments where if you know it's him, you can see it in the eyes, obviously because mm. they didn't change his eyes. But like you know, like there's like up just above his nose and below his forehead, like there's like still pure Colin Farrell in there. I, I didn't um, I didn't Farrell. catch it honestly. I was I was looking and I couldn't I couldn't see it but he was just marvelous I he was fantastic he interpreted penguin he was mm-hmm. i he was sleazy and fun and um i know that i think it was either written or his or his portrayal was based off of fredo from the godfather like you know um which big godfather totally vibes a lot of godfather vibes from him not from the rest of the movie really but no no from, no but from him you know but from him um you know and uh I, it's just like a there's a lot of franticness to him that yeah. I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And he 
he could have been over the top. Like, it could have gone too far, but he he was just restrained enough to have just a lot of personality mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of instead of instead of being unbelievable. Yes, it was the most I have enjoyed the penguin since uh, since the the Batman sixty six. Uh, 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 yeah, I agree with you, Burgess yeah. Meredith. Burgess Meredith. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. He. Sorry, sorry, Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is great, but he's—it's he, a very particular type of penguin. Yes, and it's a—it's a—it's a Burton penguin. Yes, like it's, yes, right. And that's never really what the penguin was, uh, and so—and I don't think really should be. It works for the movie that he's in because that's—it's the weird f- vibe of the of that world. But I, um, I've been waiting for Mobster Penguin for basically my whole life, and. I finally got it, and I was so excited for what they delivered. Very satisfied with that, and that that car chase between the two of them was so, like the stakes were so high, and it was so compelling. Like it was a really, really well done chase scene, mm-hmm. um, in a way that that I I really, really I'm not I don't usually go for that. Like I'm not a Fast and Furious movie kind of guy, right? Like I don't nope. I don't. When there's a car chase in a 007 movie, in, inevitably, I'm like, of course, okay, we're doing this now. Okay, yep, here comes the Aston Martin. Um, but the, the, I actually cared about, about this, and I really dug that Batmobile more than, like, the Tumblr, more more than I have since, like, the 90s. It really... That's great. Yeah. Mm. I was thinking about that myself because, like, I like the Tumblr. I think it's cool. Um, mm-hmm. I love actually the bat pod coming out of the tumbler. I, but I find that the, the Nolan movies, like not that the vehicles lacked imagination, but they, they lacked flair. Mm-hmm. Like, they're like, um, like immensely practical. And yes. I, I find, I find the DC EU's, uh, version to be, uh, just too much of a tank. Like it doesn't really, doesn't have enough flair or Batmobileness to me. It's just kind of like it's a big car with a giant gun on it, mm-hmm. um, and that that to me is not the Batmobile. And this, I think, like it's just enough of a recognizable Batmobile shape. Yeah, um, well, because it's to, again to harken back to Batman sixty six, where that was like uh, uh, got doors, got it had doors. doors. It looked like a car, right? Like it looked like yeah. a car that had been modified, which is what it was. Mm-hmm. And and that's what this looked like. It looks like like a hot rod that he that he modded and and turned into. You know, it, it wasn't a tactical vehicle. It was a car that he modified. Right. I I know that um, Reeves took inspiration from Christine, the Stephen King novel. Like he like if you watched, oh. the movie, he like wanted the Batmobile to feel like a beast. Like when it was coming for you, you knew it. Mm-hmm. And like my theater got excited when mine the Batmobile. too. Mine too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that is cool. Like that. And like, when you think about like, it's just a car, like it's a souped car, but it's just a car. It's not a tank. And people got really excited. Mm-hmm. about the car. Mm-hmm. And I just think that is really cool. There's a lot of, um, a lot of the, uh, the camera is on the vehicles as you yes. watch, which I think is what, what makes it so exciting. Like you're really on the side of the car. Really dynamic. The movement. What is really cool is there's a lot of practical effects in this movie, more than special, and, uh, and that includes the Batmobile jumping out of the explosion. Oh, really? 100% practical. Oh, see, I love that. It looked fantastic. Yeah. 
It does, and it will continue to always look fantastic. Exactly. It will age well. (laughs) Yeah. What I did think was really funny about that chase, though, was like, Penguin is responsible for all of that destruction. Yes. Yes. That was so important. That was so important to me. And I'm sure it was to you, too, because Batman is also important. Batman Batman always did not kill or ambiguously kill. Yes. Close to killing anybody. Yes. To a pulp. Sure. Sure. But But he always does that. He that's it. That's Batman. I expect that of him, you know, but um, but he didn't come close to killing or accidentally killing or ambiguously killing or anybody. And it, it, that was really what pushed this movie to like it, the top for me. Yeah, because even Nolan's trilogy, as much as they're like, Batman has no kill rule. And I'm like, mm, does he, though? Yeah, right. Um, right. Yeah. I can probably count on all these people that he's killed. Um, but uh, what I do find hilarious is that like Gordon and Batman like interrogate penguin mm-hmm. like after that car chase scene and then they just leave it i'm like what about all of that destruction that he caused? i know maybe gonna arrest him for that i know well, i guess you have bigger <laughs> things to worry about maybe he'll come back to penguin but i was like that felt like a weird decision from the two i of know you. i feel like that was purely that decision was just made purely for the comedic value of it right of him sitting, sure, being there absolutely. and being like guys yeah absolutely for the value but yeah no hobble but y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Which actually, so let's actually talk about the mystery itself. Okay. Right? Yes. Because, um, because it's like Detective Batman and my friend Bobby um, raised a great point where he said it's Sherlock and Watson. Yes, it Batman absolutely and was. And I had not really considered it that way, but Gordon is absolutely Watson in this thing. In this scenario, because Gordon does not pretend to be the world's greatest detective. There's actually comics where he's like, I'm like, he's like, I'm not good at putting together clues. <laughs> he's like, that's not my strength as a police officer. That's not my thing. So I like that it's the two of them working the case together, because that's basically Watson. Like, there were Sherlock absolutely there were absolutely moments where he was full, a full on Sherlock and Watson, where Batman is pointing out details of the crime scene of, of the of the um, the mayor's murder um, mm-hmm. of that crime scene. Um, to uh, to Gordon and to the other cops, he's pointing out details that they they didn't notice that he just notices in passing, right? Exactly like Sherlock and Watson. Mm-hmm. There was um an interview before the movie came out that Reeves did about like Batman at the crime scene and showing up and all that, and he's like, well. So, like, you got to have to address that there's a grown man dressed in a costume that shows up to these police investigations. Yes. And it's like, so, like, how do you do that without everyone being, like, people snickering? And, right. Like, and which people, some people do, but, like, he's been he's been Batman for two years already. So there's already, like, a, I'm used to this. Yes, kind of thing. yes. But what he and Rob, I guess, talked about is, like, treating Batman at a crime scene, like, calling the shaman. Like, mm. there's almost, like... We can't do this ourselves. We need the next step up. And so, like, if you kind of watch that scene in, in the in the mayor's house, like when Batman shows up, there's a lot of like people like people parting the seas. Absolutely, there's like a reverence and an awe, even if some of them are weary about him and whatever. Like, like the for, like the crime scene photographer is like taking stuff, and Batman walks by different things and stops, and the contact lenses read what's on the ground or whatever. But like he's Without saying anything, he's noticing things that nobody else is noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the, the shaman aspect of him in those things. And I just think that is a great take because it really is one of the only ways that I think it 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 works. You know, like why would anybody in their right mind let this what appears to be a crazy man into a crime scene? Right. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, the mystery itself. Um, I do think that they 
they solve the, the the puzzle pieces, right? They do solve them, but but what what only like kind of nags at me a little bit is that he he solves them only to the end that the Riddler needs him to solve them, right? Yes, and that but he doesn't like he misses the mark and actually fails yes. in some way, which I like and dislike. I dislike because I'm like I would like Batman to win in totality. Um, as the world's greatest detective, mm-hmm. but year two, are you the world's greatest detective? Yet? Right, right. He's it's still early. I I appreciated him not being, you know, super bat. Uh, not not being a bat the god. Morrison bat god. Yeah, I appreciated that because like when he when he zip lines and he falls, right, things like that. I was like, yes. I was actually really down with. I really liked that. Um, that kind of stuff because he is still learning. He is it is still only year two, and he's building this stuff himself. So he's gonna make mistakes, right? He doesn't have a Lucius mm-hmm. Fox to like create all this stuff for him. Um, right. but I do wish that it seemed like every time he solved a mystery, it was always at the last possible second when it was too late. Like he he would solve another clue, and then a bomb would go off. You know, um, it was always just he was just behind the Riddler, one step behind, just barely. And I I my hope was that by the end of the film he would catch up and and prevent the ultimate tragedy from happening. Um, but but that never paid off in that in that way. Um, and not to say that the film didn't have a payoff, but just I expected that like, oh, OK, he's he's missing. He's not quite beating him to the punch each time. But by the end, he will. Right. And and that didn't happen. The city's so flooded. Um, he did sa- save as many lives as he could in the situation. And I guess this whole thing was a learning experience for him. Um, but uh, but I sort of I, I went in with an expectation um, or the movie gave me an expectation that like, OK, this is going to build towards him finally beating the penguin to a punch or the Riddler. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yes, the Riddler. Yeah. Did I say penguin yeah. like five times? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, I think just that last. OK, time. but um, um, I, you're right. But I to your point that like it's almost good that it's a learning experience. And even the Riddler says I'm like, oh, you're not as smart as I thought. Yeah. Um, but for a guy that is driven to be the best that he can be at all things that ain't gonna sit well with him sure and i think so like if you really do continue to see detective batman in this in the batman trilogy um then you know we get to a point where he really does become ahead of people is it confirmed that it's going to be a trilogy they um matt reeves said that it was, he wanted a trilogy when he talked to Warner Brothers cool. and whatever else. Technically, the second movie has not been greenlit yet cool. um, as as of recording this um, thing. There is a countdown um, at the... So I, if you go to the end credits, there was a, a website, the like, Ratalalata, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a there's like a percentage uptick. Like, and so like it, the way that people the way how slow it's moving and whatever else people are like mm, friday it seems that friday will will there'll be some kind of something I see. that's happening um and so i mean it's done very well um it's the second highest opening after spider-man of the pandemic um it's already made its budget back nice um and so like in the opening weekend so it's and this incredibly good word of mouth and buzz on it so yeah. um I really don't. I really haven't talked to anybody that thinks it's bad. Some people think it's the best movie ever. Some people think it's the best Batman movie ever, and some people think it's very good. And, mm-hmm. But I haven't really heard like, "Nah, it wasn't great." But I spoke I to like someone it. today at work who was not impressed with it. Um, oh. who who 
did I said, like, I think it's my favorite Batman movie since Dark Knight. And he said, like, that's very interesting because I did not enjoy it. Uh, and and one place where we agree, he felt that the storytelling was problematic um, and that there were and some of the writing was he felt the writing was not um, was not what he wanted it to be. And And there were places where I agreed with that. I felt that um, I felt that the last third or so, like once once um, the Riddler was in jail, mm-hmm. um, I felt like a, the wind came out of the sails a little bit and some of the stakes were, were reduced. Um, obviously, then we saw that there was more, you know, he, he was still pulling strings from from in jail. But I felt like the momentum really, really slowed down once he was in jail. And I, I didn't feel like a, a lot of the mm, dots were connecting as much for me in that last third or so of the film. When you say the dots connecting, you just mean like uh, the tension or the stakes or the quality of the film, but not yes. necessarily the story pl- like dots. Like It made you know. sense still, yeah. but it wasn't as mm-hmm. strong. I agree that the third act is not as strong as the first two. I, the third act to me feels like, well, it's still a Hollywood movie and we have to end with big things. Sure. Um, and like we're a movie that was really intimate. Like I think mm-hmm. most of the time yeah. it actually felt like there was a disparity between the two things. Um, I, there was a part of me that like I did enjoy it because maybe more for the symbolicness of like, falling in the water and, sure you know, like that thing that we had talked about the baptismal section and i really kind of enjoyed this um like um <laughs> kind of like insurrection type like so um, yeah like a thing but also i really enjoyed it was kind of like batman battling the riddler goons kind of like because that they were just you know they were there in their little riddler outfits and i was like Bam, pow, biff! You like you're tackling the Riddler goons. Sure, like, I, I kind of like that. Like, you know, so that's good too. That's true. That's true. I, I, so I was curious about that because I kind of wondered. Do you think that they? So they definitely talked about like what Saw an interview. It was accidental. It was accidental. A- accidental world parallel. I felt that you know they were clearly talking about like Bruce's privilege, right? They made that distinction. Mm-hmm. I, I yep. think it's Catwoman who who ta- talks about his privilege. Yeah, I, I, you may- must have been, you must have been born rich. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, Growing up rich, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so I liked that. I, I thought that was well done as addressing a, a real world sort of issue. And then when when yeah, when sort of the the, the Riddler goons were were dressing up and doing you know doing his bidding, like, and he's he's live streaming and and having his his followers you know go and and commit crimes um i really felt like okay is this like an january 6th insurrection sort of uh reference they they were no they had already because they were filming before the pandemic so i knew that i knew that they had started principal photography before but i know that they stopped at a certain point i had to pick back up and i wondered if they um, if they've retrofitted anything to to fit real events, but okay, if you if the yeah. interviews say otherwise, then that's really interesting. If that was just coincidental, because they nailed the the relevance of it, right? Yeah. Well, you know, those types of things have been building; they don't come out of nowhere. Yeah. And so, I think there is some kind of cultural um, subconsciousness that is aware of those things, especially people who are writing and they like take what they know and what they're feeling at the moment. Sure. Everything, but like it just happens to be more closely paralleled than they had expected, which, mm-hmm. is, which is quite interesting. Very. Um, you mentioned Catwoman. You mentioned Selena Kyle. We have not talked about Zoe Kravitz. Um, for me personally, I feel vindicated that there is finally 
a Selena Kyle and Catwoman on screen that I recognize from the comics. Yeah. I do not feel that Anne Hathaway was that Catwoman, and I know that is a... Oh, you're shaking your head. That's a. I, th- I. I feel like I'm always alone in that, but I just like I never believe her delivery on any of it. Well, on anything. It's not says. that I dislike her as Catwoman, but it's just, it just it doesn't feel like what I've read on the page. Nope, it never does. And I truthfully, I never like her. I never found that her. I never believed her. Mm. I never believed that she was edgy or would wield a weapon or even like hurt people. I just, mm. I just don't think that I just don't think it's in you. I, I can't I can't bridge that gap. Like you're just not it just doesn't sell it for me. Yeah. But I absolutely believe Zoe Kravitz and her feelings about everything. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It it really it really um I mean obviously the whole movie is is visually dark and tonally dark. Um, but in a way that really, and particularly her, her, her character story, right? But um, I, I feel that, you know, it just really, really fits. And it's really earned by all of these these characters based on their character history um, and based on how they are presented in this film. It fits for everyone. Um, and in and, and her case in particular, I felt like it was, it was particularly dark, but it sold it and it, t- it did it for a purpose to tell a story Um about her and about her experiences, a story that is like not not let's say uh, the most like re- realistic in in terms of like oh sure anyone can relate to that, but but within this universe is sort of an exaggerated version of reality. That's right. Well, I think it's an, like you said, it's an exaggerated like I don't exaggerated reality. I don't know how many people can relate to their fathers being you know crime lords over a, a city, you know, but. You can, people can relate to fathers not taking responsibility for their children. Yes. And, and being like reduced to the system because of that. In a lot of ways, she parallels Riddler in yes. a lot of ways, you know, cause like Batman's very black and white and Selena is a, is a gray matter. Right. And so when she challenges his, his view of the world in this movie, what is right and what is wrong um, in this, in these times. And he's attracted to that right away from her boots up. Mm-hmm. Like from mm-hmm. the moment that he sees her, there's something about her that, you know, before he gets the whole picture. Um, and uh, um, I like that. What, what was most powerful to me in her story in relation to, um, the movie and to his is she is also driven by vengeance. Yes. Right? Like she is, you know, it, it, her story starts because of her friend and then, but then it, it really transforms into her taking, wanting to take out Carmine Falcone because the Falcone, I should say, because I, I got so used to the Nolan pronunciation. Yeah. Yeah. I prefer Falcone. That's the way it's supposed to be pronounced. Me too. I, I'm, happy that that made it back into here but um the she's so portrayed by falcone that you know that she she needs to act in accordance to how she feels about that and the guy who literally dresses like a bat because of vengeance stops her because he understands now through the course of events you like he understands you have to be better than them and not kill and whatever but at this moment, he knows that Falcone is also responsible for the death of his parents in this universe. Yes. More than likely, or at least more than likely responsible for the death of his parents. He could easily let Selena kill him and mm-hmm. get and get revenge mm-hmm. for 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 everything that's happened. And he still stops her. 
That's it's still the sacrificial play. And that's the that's part of like his arc. Like he has learned that that's not the way um, to the point where and I love the way he puts it where he's like to take him out. You don't have to go out with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like exactly. he, he has you to pay, to but you don't have to pay, yourself. too. Yes, that's it. Yeah. And I love that. Right. And because in some ways he's probably felt like he's paid a lot you know mm-hmm. and so for for what he is and so in what he does and um and i think that to save her is akin to saving himself yes to saving her in that moment right cuz he's not like oh well like here's a billion dollars and i'll like help you set up whatever else he's like he's willing to like let her life be her life. He does not stop her from stealing the money or anything like that. He's not interested in that. He challenges her barometer of right and wrong, and she challenges him in the same way. Yeah. And, uh, I just love that. And I thought John Turturro was just an excellent Carmine Falco. He was. Actually, he felt like he was in a, in a Godfather film, too, to, to me. Really understated performance, mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah. Like, you know, like definitely in a Godfather film. For sure, but I feel uh, a, like an uh, like he did not he he did not hammer room. No, like he his job was not to be Marlon Brando. No, he wasn't I, chewing the scenery. Yeah, no, not you know he was authentically a person, and I I think that was mm-hmm. in a in a landscape of like bat costumes and cats and penguins and riddlers. And he's just like, I'm just a regular dude. But because of that, what I loved about that performance and that, like his time is out. He's on his way out. Mm -hmm. That style of crime is leaving. Yeah, that's right. And, and like in like his Catwoman says it, Selena says it like his, there'll be a power vacuum because of, because of his death. But like, it really is a transitionary process from what, what the old world to the new uh, to the new world. Sure. And, uh, I like that very much. Yeah. Yeah, very much. Um, we can talk about Jeffrey Wright's Gordon um, a, uh, a little bit, which I which I loved. I thought he was great, like quintessential Gordon um, for me. I like that there was a real sense of history of their relationship. Like they like they clearly know each other. He Gordon trusts him. You know, they like, you know, he like, calls them to the mayor's crime scene and they have their little hangout with the bat with the bat signal and like all the stuff is just that was really great and i thought he was his his reactions to stuff added a lot of levity yeah um to the straight because you know because batman is obviously the straight man but there was like i loved the thumb drive stuff oh my gosh right thinking about that for i've been thinking about it since the movie came out well since i saw it. it was so funny but then i'd be like thumb Drive. He's like, oh. <laughs> then like try this, and like it's the thumb. Yeah, the fingerprint. Like, oh, this guy's hilarious. Yes, like, yes, yeah. They had such good rapport. Um, I did hope that by the end of the film, at the end of a three-hour film, that he would be Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> I did really you know, sort of. I hope was that. actually under the impression. It's funny because I was actually under the impression when Mayor Real, real, right? Which yeah, I loved. Yeah, because you know, the whole thing is all about bring out like no more lies, right? And then the mayor. Her last name is real. Yes, like yes. so good, and that was part of her slogan too, right? Like, yeah, like, real, real change. change. Yeah, yeah so good, loved it. Um, but I, um, I, uh, uh, him standing next to her in that lineup, I was like, he's commissioner now in my brain. Like maybe he's not, but looking at that, I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, to me yeah, that he got promoted upwards. Yep, um, um, I did. I really, really enjoyed. 
Jeffrey Wright, I, so great. Like, I didn't have any doubt that he would be because I think he's fantastic in everything, but he mm-hmm. just sold it. Sold it. Had so much personality. Kind of like, you know, he made me like Felix Lighter in uh, in the yes, 007 films. I care nothing about. Yeah, but I like exactly. Felix Lighter because exactly. of Jeffrey Wright. Exactly. Yes. And, like, I already liked Commissioner Gordon, but, but I liked this take on him where he's a little bit... Uh, snarky funny um in a way that he's not always because this is a younger you know still on his way up um version of of the character and he's not the sage wizened old uh you know hardened uh old cop i agree i i completely agree um paul dano's riddler or his edward i just i forgot to mention i love that he still kind of looks like a kid yeah he's got like he's got like baby fat on his face the haircut he has is the same he had when he was a kid and i just like that that adds to his like childlike stasis yeah yeah that yeah he's in then he hasn't moved from there um andy circus is alfred i loved not a lot would have loved to see more of him i um, yeah film a lot um there's there's a history between him and Bruce, and I, I like that. I think you can kind of feel it. Um, I needed more. I, it, I needed more from that relationship. Honestly, I was a little yeah, bit, I, if I was disappointed in, in any relationship, it was that one. I do think that there needed to be more, but I do think that there was a lot of unspoken, like, I get you. You know, like Bruce, like, leaving the like the image of the kid. He leaves the cipher out because he knows that, that Alfred's going to be like, Oh, what's what's that? What's, the, sure. what's going on over there? You know, stuff like that. Um, so, um, and there, I think their conversation in the hospital. This movie made me believe that they would kill Alfred, which I think is a testament to the quality of the movie. Where the bomb went off, and I was like, "Oh my god, are they going to kill Alfred?" Oh, I like, thought he was dead. I going to happen. Thought for sure he was already dead. Like when she said it happened yeah. an hour ago, I, I, I was like, "Oh, Al- wow, they actually killed Alfred." I can't believe it. And uh, yeah, I, I totally believe they would. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's impressive to me because I don't believe that any film would ever kill Alfred. Sure, um, but so um, especially on the first go around, but right. Um, but I, their relationship is complicated because of because of the circumstances that they both found them in. Right, sure. it's clearly Earth One Batman. Right, you know, like Alfred is. You know, like he was part of the circus, so he was part of the you know British intelligence. Um, he um, was unsaid, but he was basically their head of security for the Waynes. That's why he's beating himself up. Right? He's not really yeah. the butler. He's their head of security, um, and just be kind of becomes that type of fatherly figure that happens to maybe make the meals for Bruce or whatever. Um, but he doesn't really runs the house. Runs the he runs the um, skyscraper that they modeled after a gothic cathedral, which I was like right? the audacity of these people. I know, like, right? And not yeah. just that. Every every building, the city hall when they went there for the funeral, like the memorial, that looked like a gothic cathedral. You know, like, it's crazy. That was a set. Was that a set? It was a set. Most of the places that we see are sets. Good God, that was that yeah, is impressive. They built like a they built a small Gotham, not uh, unlike. Um, 1989 and gotcha. Returns. Gotcha. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of set pieces. Um, 
um, so they could do what they want with them. I think it was safer because of COVID. So a lot of the sure. outside stuff are—I know they filmed in Liverpool, and I think they filmed in Edinburgh and a few other pl- in London, and so um, in a few other places they Very wanted impressive. Gotham to feel like a conglomerate of a lot of different cities. I'll tell you what, it did. I, it felt like Chicago with some New York stuff bolted onto it, and a lot of Gothic architecture added in the mix. Like it felt like. If it felt like any one city, I would say Chicago, but it definitely had a, a diverse. Yeah, and I don't think they filmed in Chicago at all. I don't think so. so. Really I don't think so either. They, it just yeah. felt it gave me the feeling I get from the architecture, the like older architecture that has survived in a way it hasn't survived in places like New York. Yeah. Um, but oh, then there yeah. was a Times Square, and there was you know obviously Gotham yeah. uh, Square Garden was clearly the, Madison um, Square Garden. The Times Square is actually Trafalgar Trafalgar Square. Okay. Actually, I think, and they just added a lot of digital billboards gotcha gotcha Um, yeah yeah but i love that it doesn't actually feel like it feels like a real city but doesn't feel like one city yeah Um, not in the way that christopher nolan's movies are like obviously chicago and like which is fine but like it doesn't feel like gotham to me it just feels like a city like Mm -hmm. this felt like gotham 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 it felt like its own place they have to go together yes they have to yes um yeah so i i loved that very very much trying to think um this other stuff i like the suit a lot i actually really love the batman love suit. the I, suit yeah i didn't start loving it because i was really tired of armored batman when they first showed it and uh, but personally now that like it's it's grown on me in the like two years since i had seen it sure it works really well for me and i love the cowl because it it has shades of adam west uh-huh. In a way that no one like the bridge of his nose is outlined exactly like Adam West. Correct. Um, and I just say even the shape of his brows and he's got long ears again, which have been missing for which was missing from Batfleck. Um, and so I. Um, yeah, I loved the suit. I love it so much. Um, yeah, I just it was so the movie was really strong. I could talk about it for. Yeah. Yeah, I felt it was. Longer. I felt it was quite strong. Yeah. yeah, it was just that that last sort of third of it where it, it didn't quite all. The story wasn't as compelling anymore to to me. Um, and, but but on the whole, like I said, four out of five for me. I think yeah. it was a very strong movie. It it was better than I anticipated. I didn't have super high expectations of enjoying it. Um, I didn't have super high expectations because I thought it would be like, okay, this is going to be a very. I'm I'm not the biggest fan of just sort of dark and dour for the sake of being dark and dour. And this did not feel like it was those things for their own sake. It was uh, in service of, of telling a good story. Right. And that's, the, that's the key difference. Like people are like, Oh, you don't like dark stuff. You like lighter stuff. That's, that's less, uh, uh, that's more escapist. And I'm like, no, that's not always true. Like, do I generally prefer that? Yeah, kind of. But like, I will enjoy a dark dour, something like Watchmen, something like dark Knight returns, something like, you know, when, when it's in, in service of something. Um, and I felt like this was in, sur- in, in service of something. There were lots of great um, Easter egg things like Hush on, on the screen, right? Yes, yeah, because the, the reporter's name was Elliot and then Hush rolled across. Yeah. So I was like, oh, that's good. The nice Easter egg could could see that come back in some way. Um, I've heard, saw some people talk about like the adrenaline that he gives himself yes. could be venom. Oh, um, like, okay, okay, okay. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There was a, a bit of that because of the the rage associated with it. Venom in the comics predates Bane. Like Bane um, is like adopts Venom mm-hmm. and kind of goes the other way around. Um, so like there could be that. Um, there was a, there was a couple more, but I honestly, oh, well, obviously there's the Joker esque yep. figure at the end, which I. 
Which is an interesting scene in context. I was, again, reading some interviews, and there's actually two scenes with him in the movie. Um, one was cut. Oh, and okay. So there's a scene in which Batman goes to Arkham uh, and... Like kind of like um, Silence of the Lambs, like uh-huh. Hunter, and like I need he needs to um, he needs to um, profile the Riddler, and so he needs to talk to another killer um, to to kind of get that done. And in that conversation, in the deleted scene, Reeves was saying that like the guy says like, "Oh, you know, it's our anniversary coming up. It's our like one year anniversary coming up, like the anniversary of like when we met." Oh, I see. Me in here, kind of thing. And Reeve says that it is the Joker, but it's not the Joker yet. Uh huh. And so okay. he's not, he's not white. He's not green. He right. Call right. himself the Joker. Um, nothing like that. Okay. Okay. So, but he and Batman have encountered before, and he's in Arkham because of Batman. <sighs> okay. I was going to say um, he he must have some reputation though if he's in Arkham, right? Like. Yeah. Yes, and so what Reeve said that when he had the test audiences watch, you know, they watched. There's some with each. He said the the movie they actually said was more favorable with that scene because it changes his scene with the Riddler because you've already seen him. Sure. So it's not a it's not a ooh this is what's coming next scene, which is how it plays. Yeah. In this in the movie we watched, which was not the intention. The intention was to be this is a Gotham that is already filled with character. I see. And with characters. Um, and so, um, and so, uh, I'd be curious where that goes, but he said in, in his mind, his Joker is like the Conrad V, um, uh, uh, um, where the, what the Joker is based off of. Um, and so his smile is permanent, but it was like, he's had it since he was a kid, like the Conrad V's, um, oh my gosh, what is that? What's the name of that story and movie? Smiling man, the man of a thousand faith of smiling. Oh, heavens, help me out. I'm going to use my one look up for you. Thank you. The man who laughs. Man who laughs. Thank you so much. Yeah. So Hugo, um, Victor Hugo wrote a story called The Man Who Laughs. Um, Victor Hugo of Les Mis, Les Miserables, uh, famed hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. loved his disfigured people, um, <laughs> wrote a story about uh, this, uh, the man who laughs, who was a kid whose father was committed some crime um, and the dad dies. So the punishment is enacted upon the child in which they slice his face open and give him a permanent smile. And he is forced to live his life with this disfigurement. And the movie is about him and, or the, the story. And then the movie that was made with Conrad Veet is about him and as an adult in society and the way people react to him and whatever else. And his visual inspiration, it is literally the Joker. Yes. Like if you look at pictures of him, that is just the Joker. It's what he looks um, like. Yep. It is what he looks like. And so for this movie, um, so the, the, that is where in Reeves's mind, this is, that makes sense. That same, makes sense. I did wonder if I wondered if the, that clown gang at the beginning of the movie on the subway platform, I wondered if they were in some way related to the Joker, but I got apparently not if he's not, if he doesn't do the clown makeup thing yet. Um, so no, yeah, he just, just, apparently he does not do it yet. Gotcha. Um, but from the very little that I saw, I liked Barry Keegan's take on the Joker. Like it's kind of leveled and I didn't realize that was him. I didn't realize that was him until afterwards. Um, when I looked it up. So I was like, Ooh, that's an interesting, interesting choice for that character. Yeah. Interesting choice. Great. I I think a a great bit of casting. I Mm. was, Truthfully, I like he was on screen for like maybe a minute and you barely saw him. And I was like, that's better than the two times I've seen Jared Leto. <laughs> right. So, yeah. 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 So, I'm kind um, of agreeing. Um, 
yeah, I'm fairly satisfied. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I could we could talk about this movie over and, I know. and over again. I I, so. I do want to say I just I do have, I do have to say one last thing: the cinematography, like absolutely beautiful, like use of color, use of light. Although I could have done with a few less headlights shining in my face. Um, that happened <laughs> so many times that I was like, seriously, um, is this a bit now? Is this like J.J. Abrams' uh, uh, lens flares? The lens flare. Um, but um, and like the amount of sort of um dynamic like use of cameras like having having like you mentioned before the cameras on the batmobile on the motorcycle on on his helmet when he's zip lining like all those very action packed oh um, you mean the flight suit mean oh yes yes it was the flight suit you're yeah, right the flight yes suit, yeah the flight like, suit zip line anywhere what did you yeah know? yeah it was it was the, zip, yeah. uh, the, the, the flight yeah. suit you're right you're right yes yeah. but yeah like it's all, like all those times school, like bat wings that he used yeah to have in the con remember like animated series where he had like the handlebar that's and he would fly that's what it was like that's what it made me think of that's what it made me think of yeah um so yeah. the cinematography was was fantastic um i liked the score um i didn't it didn't uh, jump out at me like Michael Giacchino scores most often do. I liked it, I think, better than I, I enjoyed. I think it did more for the film than um, than a lot of uh, uh, Hans, Hans Zimmer's score did. Although I completely I, agree. I, I did notice that, that they did uh, a lot of the sort of like... Um, high-pitched sort of violin string to to create tension the same way that that zimmer did for the joker um yes there's a lot of uh, just a lot of tonality yes instead of yeah in, yeah so there's a, really only a couple of pieces where i was like that's a piece of music instead of like that's mood yes um, yes yeah i need to yeah, listen to it I, again I, I need to listen to it on its own to see like can i pick out themes other than the Ave Maria theme, actually, you can they, they are very present because I listened to the soundtrack a few times before. So the um, Batman definitely has a, a theme. Cool. Um, Bruce Wayne has a theme because Giacchino comes from the John Williams school. Yes, so he understands the A melody and the B melody. And so, like you know, if you listen to like you know you know this, but you like listen to the Star Wars main theme. There's like um, you know the. Uh, um, Oh, the Superman thing, because that's the one that's in my head right now. So I'll use that one. So it's like, that's you know that's the the A theme, but there's also sure that's the B theme in the main theme, right? It's A and B, and Batman has that in his. So he's like, boom, 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 is the Batman theme. And then Bruce Wayne has his nice. own, so nice. it's like the two of them together. I gotta, um, I gotta listen to it on on its own and 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 yeah. let it breathe a little bit. Yeah, we talked about Riddler's Riddler's light motif. Is yes, the, the, the Ave, Ave Maria or Ave, um, which I think is awesome. So haunting, so good. Um, that crops up a lot. And Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman has her own theme, and it's a very cool mixture between like a jazz run piano. Um, so like a cat slinking mixed with almost like James Bondy and femme fatale strings. Cool. Cool. And so when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, that's the, that's the theme. You know, it she, crops up a lot. She did have Bond girl vibes in, in, in a way. Yeah. A lot of Bond girl vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Mm. Yeah. We could talk about this movie forever, but I feel like those, I think we covered actually a fair, a fair bit of, of the, uh, the high points, uh, for this. I'm sure we'll talk about it again in, in the coming weeks and months, but, um, I really, really enjoyed the film and, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't, I don't think it needed to be three hours. I think it could have been, a, a 
maybe not two. There's probably too much for two, but it probably could have been two and a half. Um, yeah, there's um, I I was thinking that not while I was watching it. I mean, it really is like two forty five or something like that because the credits are really long. Sure, but um, uh, I there's a lot of story, and I there's think that you'd sacrifice character development in favor of the mystery or something, or you'd sacrifice elements of the mystery and go, well, that didn't quite connect to that, mm. and then you'd lose something along those lines. So, um, maybe it's possible that um it's possible that it could have been shorter but from for me i'm watching my favorite character on screen like i don't really give me five hours sure like whatever sure you know i'm not gonna take that away from you that's fair yeah thank you yeah you watch superman and lois you're like oh it's you know they're gonna do 16 episodes instead of 13 sure sure. oh no three more hours of superman i'm so upset sure yeah Yeah, yeah, my favorite character (laughs) is there's more of him oh no (laughs) oh no right right yeah so yeah, so in one side, I can understand one side. Like, I would like to go back and see it again, but I'm like, oh, three hours. That's like, right. that's difficult to see again. It's a big commitment. Um, yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. It'll, yeah. My wife will have to put up with it being on in the house. <laughs> there a you lot. go. There you go. Yeah. So, well, very good, Frank. Where can the uh, people find us? Folks can find us at beerwithgeeks.com. You can find all of our shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Uh, you, like like Superman and Lois TV Talk uh, that Tim just mentioned uh, uh, that I host with my friends Derek and Robin. Uh, you can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Please rate and review us uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts. In particular, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify are two plate great places to rate and review uh you can uh please subscribe uh, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts and uh you can follow us at beer with geeks on twitter you can email us beer with geeks at gmail.com and if you want to support us uh for any dollar amount starting at one dollar uh you can support us at patreon.com slash thought bubble audio um and that helps to support all the shows on the network well said frank well said indeed um well, I have nothing more to say to you. I think I'm sure I'm going to think of like 12 things that I wanted to say. Oh, yeah. We stopped recording, but that's okay. So until next time. Cheers. cheers. You could have pulled the punch. I did.